Maxi Sports brought to you by the John Schuster Group at Caldwell Banker Real Estate, and we'll get to sports. There's plenty of sports, but Maxi is multidimensional. Uh, he can do anything, and he proved that two years ago, the aftermath of George Floyd's murder, and and I use that expression advisedly. Um, Maxi, welcome to the show. Always good having you on the air. You too. Thank you so much. And you can plead the fifth on this, Mm -hmm. but I'm just curious your reaction to the school shooting. And, you know, as a father, as a grandparent, I just shake my head. (laughs) And I'm so sad for these kids and their families. I'm sad for America. I mean, we feel broken right now. And I don't have the answer key when it comes to gun reform, what might actually pass, what might make a difference keeping Weapons out of the hands of people with evil intent. Do you have an opinion you care to share? My opinion is, first of all, you find out today that the door wasn't locked, I think. I mean... (laughs) Really? The first thing I think about is, who are the poor people that forgot to lock the door? That, you know, maybe they had, you know, regularly during the year that, you know, you you would... None of us really think that's going to happen to us. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, there are going to be people that are going to feel so awful. Uh, because yeah. they didn't, you know, one oversight. Yes, yeah, yeah one oversight. Ugh. But um, you know, what always scares me is is you know I, I lean towards the mental illness part of this being the bigger problem from the standpoint that you know I, I talk to police officers all the time and they say if you think when we find somebody, um, you know when we catch somebody that does something bad and, and with a gun. They said, what do you think the percentages are that they bought that gun and it's registered in their name? They said, it ain't very high. Because I just think there's, it's like saying, well, you know, um, we have laws against uh, drugs, so therefore no one will use drugs. No, they just, you know, cocaine's still out there, uh, et cetera. So your point, they're going to find the guns. I I just believe the bad guys are, are, if you're going to say how we're going to tackle it, I'd say, Mental illness, mental illness, and mental illness, because because finding guns is a lot lot is is fairly easy, you know. And and um, but you know, Paul, and, and this is why I I, I always I, I I move myself back a little bit. It's easy to pound the gavel and say I, we can't take this anymore. Okay, uh, I was talking to somebody about this, and they said, I mean, it's terrible. Uh, uh, you you can't arrest the guy that beats his wife until he beats his wife because he's not a wife beater until then. Right. Even though we know he he's flawed and he, he he tilts in that direction, you can't do anything. So how do you begin to ascertain and begin to say, okay, we think you're a little bit off, so we think that you will be prone to shooting up a school. I, I don't know how you get there. I, Maxie, I don't know how you do that. You know, if he posts on Facebook oh, that, 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 that yeah, I'm going to beat yep. my wife or I'm having thoughts of beating yep. my wife, I'm sorry, that's public. That's the equivalent of getting up on your rooftop with a megaphone and announcing to your neighbors that you're thinking about beating your wife. At that point, a police officer should stop by based on what he said and, and you know, what, what can you do? Can you yeah, imprison gonna... the guy? No. But if, if you – and this shooter, like so many other shooters, did in fact leave, bread, you know, breadcrumbs. He, he posted on Facebook. And so I – I don't know. It, I know it's but a what vexing about the problem. Ones that don't you know? What I about know, the ones I that just say I, I, I don't know? I don't know what. I, I guess what I'm getting at is 
what's mental illness? How do we get our arms around this thing? We all know people that we think, we go, boy, one day that person's going to be in the headlines for the wrong reasons. We've all said that about somebody in our lives, right? And sometimes we're right. But you can't, they didn't do anything yet. And I don't know how you get there. I don't know what the, I don't know what the, the line is. I don't know where you say this person cannot buy a gun or this person cannot, you know, I mean, we got people that, that have had multiple DWIs and still get to drive. I don't know how that works. Yeah. But, but how do we decide? Because I think mental illness is the, you know, and, and I think right now it, it is so rampant and it is so I, look awful. And, and I'm going to gently push back. Uh, because I love and respect you, Maxie. Mm-hmm. The cases of mental illness in this country, and we're talking pre-pandemic. Did think have things gone off the rails since the pandemic? Yeah, it's obviously gotten worse. But our rates of mental illness in the U.S. are not higher than other countries around the world. It's pretty consistent with what the rest of the world is seeing in terms of the number of people who suffer from some form of mental illness. What's different is that we have exponentially more guns than any other country. So the means of carrying out an attack, whether you're mentally ill or not, are there. You, We're swimming in guns. We have more guns than people. We have 400 million guns. And I acknowledge my Second Amendment rights, but I'm also acknowledging the fact that I, I think there's some common sense stuff that we should be doing. You can't walk into Walmart and buy a thermonuclear weapon, right? You can't buy a machine gun. You can't buy a flamethrower. So I, we have set up some barriers, thank God. Some, but these glicks that they got where they can turn a pistol into a machine gun now, you know, on, on the black market, I, I, you know, I, I don't know how you um, regulate. I don't, I don't know how you, you get to them, you know, the, the, the latest things that these, and, and they're 14 and 15-year-old kids that have access to them, you know, and, and, and the underground. I, I don't know. I, I don't know how you... Um, I don't know how you police that, I guess is what I'm saying. I don't know how you say, everybody that walks into it, okay, you, you, if your mental aptitude is this, I, I'll be happy to register all my guns, and I got a bunch of them, uh, and, and you can put me through any tests you want anytime, you know? But I, I, I just, I don't know how we come up with something where we see this number reduced or these, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. One uh, reporter said, and I'll close with this for now, that, this reflects a culture that's been hypnotized by guns and that signed off on people dying for the capital offense of being a fourth grader or standing in the frozen food aisle, referring to the shooting 10 days earlier in Buffalo that left 10 people dead. Um, so I don't have the answer key. Collectively, I, I think as Americans, we do have the answer key. What's common sense? What isn't common sense? What could actually get passed? Could there be legislation that actually moves the needle and keeps guns out of the hands of people who should not have guns? When we come back, I want to talk to you about your amazing uh, award-winning reporting after the death of George Floyd. When we come back on CCO. Twins lost 4-2 to to the Tigers yesterday in 10 innings. They take on the Royals tonight on your Twins station. News Talk 830 WCCO pregame. 630. Don't go anywhere. Maxie, I I want to talk to you about your coverage, your amazing coverage, uh, the unrest that followed George Floyd's death. I mean, I'm, do you still have people coming up to you and, and talking about that? 
You must <laughs> every day if I'm out. Really, if I'm on the public, I can't. I uh, can't believe it. Uh, the, it, it it's almost. Uh, I don't want to say it's comical, but it's it, the the it, the lines are always saying they go. You know, I enjoy you doing sports, but you know what I really liked. <laughs> yeah, I didn't yeah. know what's coming. You know, it was from a reporter standpoint, it was the perfect storm because uh, if you recall, we were in COVID. Right. Um, there were no sports going on. There was nothing going on, and everybody was at home um, to a large extent. And, th- and then they put the curfew in, and so everybody was at home uh, watching on TV because it was like. I don't want to say it was our entertainment, but it, it was it was suspenseful, right? Nobody knew what was coming next, including myself. And, and so the the um, the numbers of people that watched and accessed it uh, through CBSN and 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 the website and everything else was was so astronomical. It was like nothing they'd ever seen uh, at Channel Four for sure uh, in terms of a, a viewership for a, for a local broadcast. So that, that's why you know a lot of it was about was just you know people were it, it was just i just happened to be the right spot at the right time but people were so curious because none of us knew what was going to happen next in this town and in every five minutes it seemed like there was a new story i just i had somebody from the the national guard said you know we were um huddled watching you on reports because we didn't we didn't know mm-hmm. where the next thing was going so we'd watch where you were we'd try to identify it and see if we need to get <laughs> People over there, but that I'm not saying that because of me. I'm saying that points out, you know, how how raw this was yeah. and how unpredictable it was, and how none of we were all going through it. None of us knew what exactly we were going through, and it was, um, I tell you, it was so adrenaline filled and so you know, it was it was just uh, unbelievable out there. And and in I, I am saddened forever as to you know the the mark that it left on Minnesota and and, and Minneapolis, and I am grateful beyond words forever for the for the understanding that i have of our community now at a much deeper level and the friendships that i've formed uh from this from people that i knew or maybe deepened friendships all those things uh both protesters and law enforcement officials because it has been an absolutely selfishly privately amazing piece of my life well maxi again you were in the right place at the right time with the right skill sets with no fear and and I give you props for that. And we only have about a minute left, and I know you can't do it in a minute. None of us can. But you captured the anguish, the pain that so many people were in and are still, to this day, still experiencing. Still yep. Reflect on that. Yep, and that was the thing that I didn't know. I, these are people, a lot of them I knew that were protesting. I didn't understand the oppression and how they really felt. It was all coming out. Because they now had permission to bring it out. I also didn't understand how good our law enforcement is in terms of – there was nobody – there was no big altercation or anybody shot and killed or anything like that during the duration of this. But they walked right up to the line. People yelled at them, screamed at them. They kept their cool. It was everything. Mm. And like I said, I am forever grateful and humbled that I got to see this unbelievable piece of Minnesota history in front of my eyes even though – you know, God willing, it never happens again. Yeah. Well, you did a remarkable job and continue to do a remarkable job. Give my best to Chris and Amelia and Frank. And uh, always, buddy, apply some extra makeup. You know, <laughs> I appreciate you, sir. Thank you for your friendship. Don't want to scare small children. <laughs> I did that every night. Thanks, Maxie. You bet. Hang in there. Uh, We have an update on Jordana. She had a bone marrow transplant today. I want to get you up to speed with the very latest on how Jor is doing. That's coming up next on CCO.